Wow. Okay. I hope you change your mind and I hope you exercise your right to vote. I think, you know, the wheels of democracy, some would say, are slow, but I think voting is, is necessary. You know, I think that's why we, 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 we fought so hard for it, you know, uh, because you just never know when your one vote might be the one that redefines the trajectory. We have to work it this democracy. We literally have to work it, you know, and it can't work on its own. We have to make sure we work it. But thank you very much uh, for your voice voice notes. We are in the fourth, four, third, sorry, imagine doing four hours of radio, the third and final hour of uh, the talking point, and uh, we are shifting gear and uh, talking health now. I mean, I was completely fascinated uh, when I was reading in preparation uh, for this segment last night, and uh, we are centering it around the ear and the nose and the, the throat and the mouth, and uh, we are featuring Dr. Winnie Lemakaye. She is a doctor, an ear, nose, and throat surgeon in private practice in uh, uh, Cape Town. Uh, she also wants to raise awareness about the human papilloma virus, uh, which is associated with throat cancer. Uh, just when you think you've figured out uh, all the varied types of cancers, uh, there's others that uh, we uh, turn out not to know about because apparently most most sexually active people will at some point in their lives contract human papillomavirus virus. What is it? A human papil papillomavirus uh, at some point in their lifetime. It's the most common of the sexually transmitted infections uh, apparently in the U.S. And uh, there's a hundred types of uh, HIV, I mean, sorry, HPV that exists and more than 40 subtypes of HPV can affect the genital area and the throat area. We live and we learn. Dr. Winnie Lemakaya, good morning. Good morning, Katie, to Ooh. you and your listeners. Thank how, you for having me. <laughs> how do I even say it? Did you hear me struggle to say it? How do I, I even say how, how do I even say the what? The, the But you did well. You did uh, well, Katie. It's human papilloma virus. Okay, let's start yes. with the work that you do before we even go to the human papilloma virus uh, as an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Yes, so um, ear, nose, and throat specialists basically deal with everything that's um, above your collarbone, KG, except for the eyes and the brain. Um, so we pretty much um, deal with problems of um, the ear, things like infection in the ears, hearing loss, and um, abnormal sounds like a ringing sound in the ears. We manage a lot of that. and. Some dizziness as well can be because of, it can come originally from the brain, but it can also be what is called a peripheral dizziness, which is vertigo. We also manage problems like that. When it comes to the nose, we um, deal a lot with problems of allergies, um, as well as chronic sinus problems, um, and as well as now, especially with COVID, KG, we've seen an increase in patients that come in with a problem of loss of smell. So we mm. tend to manage that as well and cancers of the sinuses and the nose. Um, we also um, deal a lot with cancers of the neck and the mouth and the throat. Um, so we see a lot of patients that come in with uh, lumps in the facial area and also in the neck and also... Um, 
some lesions in the mouth and the throat as well. So in the nutshell, we, we basically manage that type of area, whether it be infection, um, acute infection, chronic infection, and also the cancers that tend to occur in, in the ears and the nose and the throat area. And I suppose today we're, we're talking in particular about that human papillomyopathy, uh, that HPV, uh, that yes. one. We're talking about it. Explain to me what it is. Okay. Um, so uh, basically, I'm glad that you've broken the ice, actually, Katie. The ice has been thick for me yes. all morning. <laughs> So human papillomavirus is actually a very, very common um, sexually transmitted infection. Um, in fact, it, the, the statistics that are quoted is that we all have a 90% lifetime risk of contracting HPV. And in most cases, it is actually asymptomatic. So um, you It's get asymptomatic. Yes, meaning you don't get any symptoms from sure. it. Right? So you can be a carrier and you won't even know. Right? Um, so in, in most cases, it actually gets picked up in women when they go for screening for cervical um, cancer with pap smears. So that's when it usually gets picked up. Um, but actually, even, even though I say that we all have a 90% lifetime risk of contracting it, most of those, 9 out of 10 of those infections would actually resolve on their own. There'll be one, there'll be no symptoms, and secondly, they will generally resolve on their own. But of the 10% that is left, that is where then you get chronic HPV infection, and that's where you tend to have problems. Because with chronic HPV infection, that's where you tend to develop genital warts. Um, I think in the mouth? No, no, in the, in the genital area. Okay. You can develop warts in the genital area. And you can develop what is called respiratory papillomatosis, which is basically what as well, but in the respiratory area. So those are your low-risk types because you get different types, right? So yeah. 6 and 11 are your low-risk types, and yeah. they'll generally give you what in the genital areas. So in your penile area, um, in males, and in women, in the, in the private parts as well, and in the anal area as well, okay. right? Okay, okay. Then you get the high-risk types, which is type 16 and 18. So those are the, are the types that would generally give you cancer of the cervix in women. Um, they would give you genital cancers in both men and women, and they would also give you throat cancer, which is um, what I wanted to actually raise awareness about because um, so throat cancer is about, the stats that are quoted is the, the sixth most common um, cancer worldwide. And Generally, um, KG, we see this type of cancer in elderly um, people, mostly men, who have had a long-standing history of smoking and alcohol consumption, and they're usually in their sixth and seventh decade of life, right? Mm-hmm. But, but now, with the um, HPV coming into the picture, we're actually starting to see this type of cancer, which generally, when we talk about the throat, it affects them tongue area right at the back and it would affect the tonsil area as well. We are starting to see it in younger men in their fourth and fifth decade of life and these are generally men who don't really have a strong history of smoking or drinking. It may be there but it's generally not as strong as traditionally um, described. Um, And 
the 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 risk factor that has come um, forth in this type of patients is that most of them have had what is called an early sexual debut, right? Meaning that they they, they had they, sex they, early. Earlier, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So by the age of fourteen, um, and generally they would the, they would have had more than five um, oral sexual partners. So those are the kind of things that increase your risk okay. of contracting HPV and essentially ending up with um, a more high risk type of HPV and then developing a cancer of the throat. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, slowly, because I'm trying to catch up with you. So it sounds to me like you're saying this uh, H- HPV throat cancer ends yes. up affecting mostly men, but previously it affected men uh, age 60 and so and upwards, right? Yes. Uh, but you're yes. finding it now in men younger uh, than that from about 30, 40, and you're saying those men need to have had sex early in life and most of them need to have had uh, can I say oral sex by age yes. 14, one four. Yes. So, so five, by early... five, five, <laughs> five oral sex partners by yes. 14. So, so, so the definition um, KJ, I know it's a bit confusing so okay. um, let me try and just make it a bit more simpler for you and the listeners. Please. The the quoted risk factors, right? So when we look at risk factors, we are looking at the possible things that would predispose you to developing a certain type of cancer. Yes, yes. So traditionally, those were um, long-standing history of alcohol and smoking, and it was in the elderly male, but it can also affect women, right? Even though it's majority male, but it can definitely affect women as well. So the same thing applies to HPV, that it can it affects both male and female, but more predominantly in males, right? And we are starting to see it in the much younger population, so in their fourth and fifth decades of life. And one of the some of the risk factors that are now being quoted in the literature and that we are seeing in these patients that present with this type of cancer, which is HPV positive um, throat cancer is that most of them would have had an early sexual debut, meaning they may have had sexual activity at the age of 14 or younger. And also they may have had oral sexual partners more than five or more in their lifetime. Okay, and then yeah. okay, and then in terms of women, because I you you did explain that the prevalence is largely in men. In terms yes. of women and the oral area, uh, how does it affect them? Okay, so the the presentation is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, kg. So it would still be a much younger sort of population, and they'll present generally with ulcers in the tongue area, the back of the tongue and in the Toronto area, and most of the time, these patients also present with lumps in the neck area. So they would generally tend to present um, much later in the disease because obviously there is that belief that you're just getting a throat infection, you, you keep getting treated for it over and over again, whereas it actually could be something more sinister. Mm. So especially when you tend to get recurrent throat infections and there's one particular sign that is more affected than the other. That tends to be a bit more painful. 
you might be able to see an ulcer when you look at the back of the throat. So it's something like that that you, you need to seek medical attention for. Um, but most importantly, they tend to present at a later stage, meaning by then they already have spread into the lymphatic area, which is in the neck, so they would present with lumps in the neck, um, and so there will be stage 4 disease. But that being said, KG, the other big difference with HPV-positive throat cancer is that the outcomes with treatment have actually been quite good compared to the traditional throat cancer. So the types of treatment that you, you get with HPV-positive cancer and also the outcome from those treatments have been found to be better. So the earliest treatment is the better, obviously, but then as well, it's not the stage 3 of HPV-positive cancer outcome is better than the stage 3 of a traditional HPV-negative throat cancer in an elderly male who's been smoking and drinking his whole life. Okay. I, I hope I make sense. Ooh, yes. It's overwhelming. But I want to, because <clears throat> uh, I want to, obviously, uh, there's a linkage to oral uh, oral sex, right? Yes. Uh, so yes. I, I want to have that conversation. By the way, you're invited to join the conversation as we try and decode and understand this D, um, sorry, HPV and how, you know, it's linked to oral sex and how it affects uh, mostly men uh, as we're learning ourselves from uh, Dr. Winnie Lemakaya, who's an ear, nose and throat surgeon in private practice in Cape Town. Please join the conversation, uh, you know, so so that uh, you can help me as I blush through uh, this interview on 011-714-2006. Oral sex, uh, Dr. Makaye, uh, yes. are we to take from this, uh, because I'm trying to decode it as you're talking, are we to take from this that then there's that there's a certain degree of danger to ourselves uh, when we when oral sex sex is given? Uh, you know, does it mean there's a degree of risk involved in oral sex to either a woman or a man? Yes, indeed, Gigi. Definitely, there is. Um, so it's 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 quite important that um, ideally. Even though sometimes it's not practical, but ideally, it's 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 a lot more favorable for people to just have one or two partners in their lifetime if you're gonna engage in that kind of sexual activity that is a bit more explicit. Um, that is interesting. To... The, so I, I'm trying to 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 stop you there. So the yes. idea is to limit it you have to make yes. sure that you have to have that kind of sex with one partner it can't be with multiple partners over your life yes mm. yes yes mm. um and so like i said KJ, that hpv is very common so it doesn't necessarily so this this comes into if partners are going to screen for sexually transmitted infections together that if a positive HPV test comes back, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone has been promiscuous, um, you know, they've been sitting around. It, it, it's actually a very, very common infection. Yeah. However, to, for you to contract the high-risk types of HPV, there is definitely an association with um, sexual behavior that is uh, a bit unconventional. Uh, yeah, because, uh, okay, uh, we have a caller. <laughs> I think yes. let's go to the caller. Uh, <laughs> Raphael in Cape Town. Good morning, Raphael. 
asking, how are you? <laughs> you really want to know. Let's hear your question. Well, I don't have any... actually went through this whole HPV, uh, throat cancer thing. And, um, I mean, I read a very subdued life, didn't smoke, drank very little, and didn't have too many sexual partners. But um, I just... Uh, yeah, um, ache, and also went to the doctor. It's exactly as described, like consistent infections or tolbing because infections turned out to be HPV uh, throat cancer. But um, fortunately, um, I was able to have um, treatment in Australia uh, for robotic removal, and it made my treatment a lot better, a lot easier, and the outcome was good. What what my, stage was your cancer in, Raphael? It was stage three. It was stage three. The tumor yeah. was very large. Yeah. It was on the board of being operable or not. Um, but um, I just wanted to urge all those people that um, do have um, throat cancer to um, maybe seek different types of treatment because uh, we were offered radiation. I had to have all my teeth out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And the outcome for me would have been quite compromising in the long term. So... When you do have these things happen, yeah. seek alternative um, uh, prognoses from uh, medical practitioners because what I was told was the best treatment certainly wasn't the best for me. Yeah. Um, and, this, this, and is, this is where, in South Africa or before you went uh, to Australia? Uh, no, this was I was diagnosed in South Africa, but fortunately I was able to have the treatment in Australia. I know that the treatment is now available in um, South Africa. In, in, in South Africa, which and as I said, just uh, I just urge people to have a look around and see there are better options. It doesn't mean to say because one says that that might be the best treatment for you, but as per um, the specialist talking, the prognosis for me was good. Um, and, Thank God, now I have a very normal life. Yeah. So um, I mean, it, it does. It affects every. It affects so many people. But yeah, get treatment sooner, as yeah. the doctor said. Get treatment sooner. Yeah, we're so glad that you're okay, Raphael, and thank you very much for your call. We'll continue this discussion uh, with Dr. Winnie Lemakaye. Uh, we're trying to uh, decode and understand HPV. Uh, we've at least had one uh, survivor now in Raphael, the caller. Maybe when we come back, we talk about those varied uh, t- uh, types of treatment as recommended by Raphael. And and I suppose one of the questions somebody tweets me and asks is, how many is too many uh, sexual partners as uh, the... the uh, um, uh, you know, as something we can ask Dr. Makai and then understand how we even treat uh, HPV. It's 11.32. It's time for the news headlines and N. Musa is standing by. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 11.34. The discussion is uh, with Dr. Winnie Lemakaye, ear, nose and throat surgeon in private practice in uh, Cape Town. And uh, we are particularly paying attention and uh, raising awareness on the human papilloma virus, which is associated with uh, throat cancer. And uh, yeah, uh, we can take your questions if you want to join in on the conversation on 11 714 and uh, SMS 41391 at around 50. You can also WhatsApp 061-410-4107. So how many is too many, uh, Dr. Makai? Because I think South Africans may want to know, because I heard you reference one. Uh, if you can have oral sex with one partner, it's better for you than to have too many. What is too many? <laughs> 
so Katie, at um, least it's awkward it, for you too. Yes, it is <laughs> indeed. So I actually just want to pick up on on what the caller mentioned quickly before I go on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rafael, thank you for that comment. Um, he he does make um, a good point that in fact when we talk about risk factors, um, KG. It does not necessarily mean that every patient that's going to present with that problem necessary is going to necessarily tick all of those boxes, right? Mm, so, mm. HPV positive throat cancer can pretty much affect anybody, but it tends to be more prevalent in people that have those receptors that I mentioned. Um, Raphael did mention that he he didn't really participate much in oral um, sex, but he ended up with HPV. So that can happen as well. Um, he also touched on the um, transoral robotic surgery, which we call TORS, which is definitely a, a for throat cancer. In, in, the, in first world countries, definitely it has come up as one of the um, first lines of treatment for, for this kind of cancers because the the throat area is quite difficult in terms of access for surgery um but there are other options to manage it and i know that there are a few institutions in south africa in private practice especially that are um offering the transoral robotic surgery it can be very pricey but obviously it is an option that is available yeah um with regards to it's 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 not it's not cast in stone with regards to the number of partners, KG, but the quoted number is a lifetime number of five or more. So we tend to see La- the cancer, yes, lifetime oral sex, sex partners, where your risk increases um, of getting HPV um, positive throat cancer. Okay, lifetime number of uh, five sexual partners. Uh, A lot of questions. So I'm going to read one now on uh, um, WhatsApp. It reads, um, um, uh, Dr. Makai, KG, I have something that looks like a what in my mouth on my upper lip. It grows for months. It's not painful. The last one I had fell on its own and another one started growing. I do a lot of oral sex with my partner. Could that be HPV anonymous? Um, well, it, it, it definitely does sound like it's um, KG. But like I said initially, that, you know, I don't, I don't want us to um, get to a point where there's a lot of finger pointing in, mm. in relationships with regards to presence of HPV. It's, it's actually very difficult to pinpoint where you may have picked up HPV, yeah. right? So it, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, once you know about it, then you can take a precaution to, to, to prevent giving it to, to your partner, you know? Um, so the, the question about what, yes, you do get a low risk, like I explained before, but I think it was a bit of a mouthful, um, yeah. KG. So I said, I said initially that you get different types of HPV. Yeah. Um, 60% of them just cause um, skin warts, right? Just common warts on the skin. 60%? So those, yes. So those are your types 3, 10, and 27, et cetera. So they, they go in numbers, right? And then you get the 40%. Which is, which is then divided into the low-risk types of HPV, which is 6 and 11. So those ones will give you what's in the genital area. They will give you 
what's in the oral cavity as well, which I think is what the the call the the um, listener was describing, and then you get the high risk types, which is your type 16 and 18, and those are the ones that would generally give you cervical cancer in women, and that would also give you uh, throat cancer and and also genital cancer as well. Yeah, but I suppose the cancer we're focused on is from uh, uh, the, is in the throat area. Yes, so that we, what we are focusing on basically is your high risk type, yeah. which is 16 and 18, and mostly type 16 that would give you throat cancer. Okay, yeah. and then another uh, uh, question on WhatsApp: Can the HPV be transmitted through kissing a person who is already a carrier? Anonymous. Yes, yes, KG. There is a risk of getting it from from kissing. It's not as high as you would get it. Um, with with the other activities that we have discussed, but there is definitely a risk with kissing as well. Okay. <laughs> Watch us all now just kiss with the mouth and nothing else. Uh, the mouth closed. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's another one. Hi, KG. Uh, can the doctor repeat what the symptoms to watch out for are and would a GP be able to pick this up that it could be a problem? Mune. Hi, Mune. And in fact, KG, you know, on that point about kissing, this is part of the reason why some parents absolutely do not allow people to kiss their children on yeah, the Yeah, yeah, So yeah. It, that's part of the reason. Um, going on to the um, listener's question, um, yes, um, general practitioners, family doctors um, are able to make, um, to have a suspicion um, or even possibly say that this is one of the differentials with regards to the diagnosis for a patient. This is one of the highest possibilities that could be wrong with the patient, and, and, and they obviously have to refer the patient on to an ENT specialist, but they definitely can. Um, so the symptoms to look out for really is uh, even just recurrent tonsillitis. You can get a straightforward tonsillitis, which settles with antibiotics, but if you keep getting these infections and you notice that there is one side that is particularly more affected than the other, it takes a bit longer for that side to respond to the treatment. And maybe you start feeling some fullness in your neck area, um, along the jaw and in the neck area. Then, then sometimes you can even see when you, when you look in, in, in the mirror, you open your mouth wide, you can even see sometimes ulcers. Um, on the tonsil area, and so that is, that would definitely be an indication that you need to seek yeah. medical help. Me- medical jargon is is very hard for us ordinary folk, and and I think there's something we need to go back to because yes. you you've explained to me uh, the the specific type that ends up uh, ge- becoming uh, cancerous and yes. and and how rare that is, but it does happen. But there's people who also want to know about yes. whether I assume the other types uh, yes. have a for them, the ones that don't necessarily become cancerous. Okay, so so that that is one of the challenges with HPV um, KG. That in most instances, it it's it's a type of infection that comes and goes, right? Once you have what formation, right? There are treatments that are offered, right? Depending on where the what is. You can be taken to theater for it to be removed and sent off for testing to make sure that it's only just the the non-cancerous types that are causing it. There's no element of cancer in it. And also you can get um, the 
especially family doctors and GPs, they do offer treatments where they burn the wart in the room. They can apply certain um, treatments to burn it, right? But it does not take away the actual HPV infection because there's no, it's, it's not the kind of virus where you can take antivirals and then the treatment is, is and then the infection is gone, mm, right? Mm. So it just so happens that it's the kind of virus that generally we all, most people, majority of people carry with them and they, it tends to come and go, you know? So the, the symptoms are there sometimes, sometimes they're not. You're able to transmit it to the next person even though you might be an asymptomatic carrier. Yeah. It just, it's just unfortunate that sometimes you can then pass on the intermediate risk and the high risk um, types of HPV. Okay, we've got we've got some calls. Uh, the number to dial if you want to join the conversation as uh, we decode HPV or the human papilloma virus associated with throat cancer with Dr. Winnie Lemakai on SAFM. The number to dial zero double one seven one four two zero zero six zero double one seven one four two zero zero six or SMS four one three nine one WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Hilda in Fosleras. Good morning, Hilda. Yeah, how are you? Um, Katie, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Hilda. Yes, Katie, actually I would like to talk about the throat, throat cancer and also the, 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 the cancer at the back of the, 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 the neck. Actually, I've been working at Tasli Clinic in Santin, that is the Chinese clinic at the same time with the pharmaceutical company. There was a lady came who has been uh, a done surgery on her throat and also the cancer was still, uh, she had also cancer at the back of her, uh, of her neck. So she was now, uh, she was very at the bad stage because she said she was also taking chemotherapy. So when she arrived at Tarsley Clinic there, because the, that clinic is a Chinese clinic that's got powerful quality uh, products there. She was given all the treatment for, 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 for cancer. After three weeks she came back, she was now alive and alive and the, the cancer at the back of the neck, it, it cleared. So unfortunately our people here in South Africa, they don't know about alternative medicines because I was part of the people who were lobbying in the government that Western medicine alone cannot work for our people. So we need alternative medicine. So that is why Allied Health Professional Council was formed for natural medicine. So in our uh, uh, council, the Allied Health Professional Council, we are registered with Chinese doctors there. And so we've got all types of he- of healthy uh, or quality products from, uh, like, it, let me say, China, in China, from China. I also had a, a lamp on my breast. So unfortunately, I didn't want to, 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 to remove that, that lamp. So I used the product that was, they call it Janjalini. It was also even at the Ilungelolako, that product. People started to know about Janjalini or Ganodema, the other product. When you drink that, that, that product, it breaks the lamp. And so I find that my lamp disappeared without going through uh, the surgery as it was meant. I'm supposed to, 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 to go for surgery. So I would like to tell you that that, Australia, that man, that he says he went to Australia and then People must look for other alternatives. Okay. Yes, I would agree with him that our people that for the freedom of choice, 
now because we've made it to the government. They know about health professional council and allies for, for natural medicine. That's why they don't want people to 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 to, to battle if ever they feel Western medicine is not working for them. Then they must know that natural medicine is there for them. Then we are there for them. Okay. Thank you, Hilda. Uh, Yanga yes. in Rhonda Bosch. Hello, Yanga. Hi, I'm well. How are you, Yanga? Not well. Are you are you are you talking to me on speaker? Maybe you take me off speaker. No, no, no I'm driving at the moment, but I don't know. Okay, go on, Yanga. Yes, um, I'm, I don't want to ask the doctor. Doctor, let people know that I'm I can't hear you. Uh, and and if if I can't hear you, I doubt uh, the doctor will be able to hear you. Maybe you stop on the side of the road then uh, and uh, talk to us on uh, on on your phone as opposed to on speaker, so that we can hear uh, what you're saying. Uh, there's also a do- um, uh, a lady who just called, Dr. Makaye. Uh, she called from Kabecha. Obviously, we couldn't put on the road on the radio. She says she's got cancer in the nose and yes. battles to breathe. And what okay. can she do? Okay, um, KG, it's a, it's a bit unfortunate that um, she, she can't be on the radio, but um, I'm not sure where the diagnosis was made um, for her with regards to the cancer of the nose and what treatment options she has been offered. Um, so sometimes it's a bit unfortunate that um, access to specialist care in, 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 in the public sector and in South Africa in general um, is very limited sometimes. And so patients tend to wait uh, for quite a long time to get access to these services, which can have devastating effects um, with regards to outcomes, especially when it comes to cancer. So my advice to her would be that um, she, she, she must perhaps, if she's already, the diagnosis has been made, she might need to visit her family doctor. That might be an easier way to try and access the services because, unfortunately, Casey, with with um, the pandemic as well, one of the uh, biggest drawbacks of it that that I think we will deal with in the near future, um, globally and but most especially in in a country like South Africa, um, is that most of the other illnesses, either chronic or acute, have sort of taken the back seat. So mm. you, you don't really have access to seeing doctors and specialists unless you have COVID, mm. which is very unfortunate because people don't stop suffering from other illnesses just because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, I, I am part of, of a Royal Society of, of Medicine, and which is a, a group that is based in the UK, and they, they did very well in terms of the, the the response to the pandemic that they they divided in state hospitals they divided their their healthcare worker teams that they had dedicated teams that rotated through COVID and provided the service in that sense but then they still had healthcare workers but I suppose our resources are a bit different because that's the first world they had healthcare workers that continue to provide a service for your cancer patients your chronically ill patients it. It, not everything just came to a standstill, mm. you know, which is what unfortunately has happened um, in more of your, your third world countries. Yeah. Um, I just want to pick up on what Hilda said, um, KG, quickly. Yes, yes, please. Um, she, she makes a valid point about alternative treatments, but I just want to caution that um, 
yes, we, we recognize um, other alternative forms of care. Yeah. And we are very open. I'm also part of the um, Otorhinolaryngology Society of South Africa, which is basically jargon for ENT society. Mm-hmm. And we are quite open to having those discussions. But what we don't want is that patients um, sit with these kinds of illnesses without actually having a diagnosis and knowing what options are there for them for treatment because it doesn't have to be either or. We can actually work together, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. as long as we, we, we all have the same goal because I think at the end of the day, we all want the best. And this, the starting point is always a diagnosis uh, yes, because it yes. allows you the space to know what you're dealing with. What options are there, yes. Yeah. Okay, Yanga is off speaker uh, in in Bosch. Hi, Yanga. Sorry, I'm calling you back. Ooh, uh, uh, we're, we're, str- we're struggling with that line. Uh, uh, there's a voice note. Uh, hello, let's hear what you have to say. Thank you for the show. Can you just assist me here? I had a thyroid op, that's what I was told, in 2005. Then they said they've removed my thyroids. But last year I started seeing a growth around the same area. And that growth is a little bit larger now. And they are advising me again to go for another medical surgery. What actually causes this thing to repeat the swelling? Okay. Um, uh, did you hear that, Dr. Makaya? I, I did hear it, KG, but I, I'm just not sure if I missed part of it because the, he uh, said he was, had an operation in 2005 for his thyroid. Yes, and he it's had growing a again. The thyroid. Yes, yeah. but, but um, it, would be, it would be important for me to understand what, what the... Um, Pathology came back as because every time uh, KG when we we operate on patients that have lumps in in areas of the body we send that off to the laboratory so that they can assist us with the actual final diagnosis. Um, so the, because they tend to look at the cells and actually be able to give us exactly what what the the problem is. So when we know that we can then counsel patients appropriately with regard to whether if it if it was a cancerous um, growth, whether it was completely removed during that surgery or whether there were some cells that are left, it wasn't, it, it wasn't completely removed, in which case then the options are to either go back to complete the resection or to give the patient a post-operative radiothera- radiotherapy if it's a high-risk sort of cancer. So if it was a cancerous um, mass that they removed previously, there is always a chance that it can recur. Okay. So it might be that we are dealing with the recurrence. So it is definitely important that he, he must um, have it sorted out as soon as possible. Yeah. Okay. There's another question. Uh, it reads, hi, please ask the doctor if it's true that we are all born with HPV1, the one that gives us cold sores. Not necessarily born with it, um, but we do pick it up and, and, the amazing thing is that the body's own immune system is actually able over time to fight the HPV off, which is why it's a bit difficult to get treatment for it. But as part of um, prevention measures, I must just mention quickly that there is actually a vaccine for HPV. Um, So it was modeled 
to um, basically target your high-risk sort of um, HPV types, um, especially in women um, prevention of um, cervical cancer. Um, but it has been found, studies have come out to show that it actually does um, provide some benefit with regards to prevention of throat cancer as well. So there is um, a vaccination, and I think it's part of the vaccination schedule in South Africa now. It targets um, young girls and their preteens. There is still a discussion with, give, with regards to giving it to young boys as well. Um, it's called Gardasil. I think a lot of people may have heard about Gardasil. I remember in 2014, um, there was a big um, sort of campaign in South Africa to give young girls in, in school the um, vaccination for HPV. So it's definitely part of the vaccination schedule now. And so it is one of the ways that are used to basically try and target young people before they get into being sexually active so that they at least have the, the, the immunity against HPV, especially your high-risk types. Yeah. In terms of the high risk types, uh, um, as as uh, we head to what's the end of our discussion, uh, because, you know, the center for this discussion has been the high risk type, because uh, sometimes a lot of people want to find uh, solutions in an hour interview on the radio uh, and actually sometimes can't. They should come to an ear, nose and throat surgeon uh, like yourself when what happens to them? At what point should they, you know, get off listening to me on the radio and think, I have to go and see Dr. Makaya now? So with regards to all of the um, symptoms that we have discussed, KG, I think, I think it's very important for me to reiterate that that persistent pain on the right side of the throat or the left side of the throat, you get over the, the infection and flu symptoms, but you still have the persistent discomfort you feel a bit of a, a, a nodule when you feel your neck because we all know our bodies really sometimes mm. we tend to just just ignore the things because we think it will go away with time but then sometimes it, it's just best to have it checked out also some people may have loss of weight they may have um, some difficulty swallowing and ear pain as well can be a sign because you get what is called referred pain whereby the primary problem is in the throat but because of the nerve system in the body, you tend to feel pain in your ear uh, when there is actually nothing wrong with the ear. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's quite important that we don't ignore this um, sort of symptom. Yeah. Somebody's asking, are you on Twitter? Uh, and I suppose I should also give a disclaimer that you won't heal them on Twitter. But are you on Twitter? Yes, I am. But the practice is not on Twitter. Oh. So I'm on Twitter in my personal capacity case. Okay. The practice, yes. does it have a website, Dr. Makaye? Yes, so I am part of a group. It's the Melomed Group, which is um, a private practice institution in the southern suburbs of Cape Town. So if you go onto the Melomed Group and you type into specialist, our website will pop out there. You can also contact us on our number. Um, can I go ahead and give yes, it? Yes, yes. Yes, so the practice contact number is 021 I am based in 205 in Melamed Mitchell Plain Hospital, but as a rule in the group, uh, specialists in the group are able to see patients in the other hospital locations in um, sessional rooms as well.
Okay. There's one last uh, comment. I think I should read one or two. Hi, KG. I had a long-term partner for a long time, but broke it off when I was pregnant. I haven't had a sexual partner for five years, but I keep getting a sore in my vagina and between the vagina and the anus. What could it be? Could it have anything to do with giving birth or HPV? Also, there's a little skin coming out of my anus. Should I be worried? Anonymous. Okay, so um, it's always a bit difficult to give advice without really having examined somebody. But from just what she has given us, um, it's very important that she she must have that checked out. It could also be other types of sexually um, transmitted infections because you get things like happy that um, keep coming, giving ulcerative lesions like that that keep coming and going. But HPV is also a possibility. I'm not sure what the the, um, the listener's age is. But it will be important for her to do something like a pap smear as well because pap smears are very good in picking up um, HPV infection, um, especially with regards to picking up the high-risk ones that cause um, cervical cancer. Um, And that skin, it can either be because she has had chronic um, hemorrhoids. Um, It's unlikely that it's related to any infection, but definitely she would need to have it checked out by her family doctor. Yeah. Lastly, another one. Thank you for the topic. I always had a problem with my throat and had given uh, credit to my smoking and tonsils. Now, as your guest had outlined, it might be HBVY because I have a long history of promiscuous oral sex and from a young age. I've always thought oral sex was the ultimate in satisfying all my sexual partners. Now I'm 46, no longer engage in that, but I gained throat problems. I'm leaving it here. And thank you, uh, Dr. Makai. Thank you very much. It turns out I'm a prude. I may be brazen and bold in other things, but it turns out I'm also a bit of a prude. Uh, it's fine. Uh, thank you. To, thank, thank you, Katie. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. That last comment. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so she definitely get out, Thank like you. She, she might have a problem. Thank you, Katie. Have thank a good you. afternoon. Thank Bye-bye. you, Dr. Makai. Lebo is uh, the producer with Gwen Zagil and Tlati. They're the producers. They're the ones that, uh, you know, make me talk about these things that expose how prude I really am and uh, it was Sia Daniel who was the technical producer uh, and uh, yeah uh, make sure you continue listening to other shows keep it SFM at all times for now it's time for update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo